Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? Gamecocks have won this game! You are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. I'll watch him celebrate now! Phil Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined the Dynasty. All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home. A little late, but we're here nonetheless. Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barn Dominium Co. The Barndo Co. is what they're called. The BarndominiumCo.com, where you can build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot if you live in the Carolinas and Georgia or in Tennessee. Sinorama is the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics and Matt Vaughn. This team is unbelievable. Gamecock owned and operated are both of those companies, and we hope that you support them like they support us and all Gamecocks here in the Palmetto State. All right. Well, you see, and Morgan ran a little long, but well worth it. Shane Beamer was joining them this morning, and it was a wonderful interview. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Uh, we do have John Winnell ahead at 1230 as well. Here's the good news for all of you whom are uh, – Wondering if we'll be on past one, we will. We'll stay on until one thirty this afternoon today. So if you jumped in today with uh, John or uh, John, do a JC and Mike at nine forty-five, you literally get us for almost four hours, all of us total, including Coach Beamer. So we're certainly happy about that. But Phil and JC, JC, we'll let you talk even more. What's up, guys? Not much. I'll have to go. <laughs> Just all right. <laughs> I'll be out at one fifteen. I got Spurs up show duties today, but uh, uh, I should have responded to the group text. But a whirlwind morning. Uh, Tuesdays are always awesome because it's bingo night. Um, but I always get up like really early because I have Bill Gunner on one hundred seven five, and that was that was a nice conversation with Ian Preston this morning. Then of course. Mike and I had Shane Beamer on. We That was kind of the day we could do it. Uh, it's kind of funny because we put out an episode from Friday yesterday, and so you have back-to-back J.C. and Morgan's. But you guys can get used to this. This is uh, J.C. and Morgan is going to go to a streaming format, uh, and many times it will lead into this show. We will not go over like this. Uh, but since we had Shane, we figured a lot of you wouldn't care. <laughs> uh and so uh, just excited, excited about that, uh, excited about what we do here on this show and 
you know, it's just kind of neat when you have different voices. And, and I know Mike, Mike's been a voice that all of you have appreciated for a long, long time. Um, and we've had that podcast for a long, long time and it's grown and it's got, you know, a, a big audience outside of South Carolina. It's different. You know, we, we don't just talk Gamecocks. We talk the whole kitten caboodle. And if you, if you're like me, you like that perspective. Sometimes I know Craig listens to Bill King. I'm a guest uh, every morning. And uh, I know you guys all are fanatical about that, but you're going to be able to start seeing more of Mike um, in that capacity and also with us uh, as a kind of featured guest here in the future. So uh, get excited. If you, if you love Mike Morgan, <laughs> get excited folks. Cause you're, you're going to get a heavy dose of, of the morgue uh, here coming up directly, but very, very excited. Nice to talk to Shane. Always a great interview. Always uh, very, you know, appreciative of the media and the questions you ask. And God, I think that, um, I don't know the, uh, the, the, the questions he got asked in media days. I think we did better than that. Uh, and maybe even got to know a little bit about his movie taste. So that was good. Got to know a little bit about his TV watching taste. That was good. So there we go. Yeah, no, it, it was a good interview. Shane is always, uh, very well. I mean, I can't speak for everybody. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's turned some down, but he's never turned me down. He's never turned you down. Um, and, uh, he doesn't would, turn down a lot. I've seen, no, he, I he, mean, he's, he's done some, he probably wishes he didn't, but he, I heard Star I, Trek go where no man's gone before he goes yeah. where like, Will Muschamp would never have gone or, or especially coach Spurrier, you know, what yeah. a pod, what? Although <laughs> I think our chances of getting the head ball coach on this show are much better than we ever would have been able to get him on as the head coach here. Because oh, he's gotten in, gotten into podcasting, you know. Oh, he's I like, would love he, that. For he's the sheer experience like, of watching him try and, to get the camera going and all that, his, and all yeah, that. He's got to help him with that. At his restaurant, he, he he's does got show uh, every every fall. Yeah, with Shane. he's got a podcast, uh, podcasting booth at his uh, in his restaurant down there. Yeah, Shoot, nice. I'm just I'm here at Spurrier's having a signature yeah. Spurrier drink and a Spurrier burger. Shoot. That's where um, elite, uh, I don't want to necessarily call it journalism, but elite interview skills come into play. If you get Coach Spurrier, ask the question and get the hell out of the way because he's he gets antsy to answer. He doesn't care what you have to say. Just ask it and go. Um, and uh, so you better be ready if you're going to talk to Steve because if you're not, he's going to talk over you. And you ain't gonna finish the questions, you know. And don't get don't get don't get creative with your questions. No, just ask yeah, yeah. Don't try to be witty. He's the star no. of the show. Yeah, yeah. He's the star of the show. I mean, it'd be you know, um, Lou Holtz obviously was a different interview as well because he, he's kind of if what you saw him. Before, there's a clip of him before the camera oh, starts rolling uh, at a Gamecock Club meeting. Uh, our, our former. Um, it's funny because our former sponsor here, John Barber, uh, was with the Charleston County Gamecock Club or Dorchester or one of them back in the day. And Holtz just lets this poor girl from local TV have it. And you see John Barber walking in the background, like with the coach. Hey, come on, coach. You know, I just say you're awful. I'll never do the thing again. <laughs> what a baby. Anyway, um, Spurrier was never like that, but uh, nah. it was. Uh, and Shane's obviously awesome. And. And gets it. And look, Will Muschamp, when he could, would do things. I think I think Muschamp just 
honest to God, he was working his butt off like old football and, and guys that are wired more like him. It's, 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 they're, they're like just dialed into the game so much that anything else is a big distraction. I think Nick Saban's the same way. Kirby Smart's probably the same way. So anyway, there's my two cents. Well, it was a great interview. I, I, I think the, um, uh, one of the, one of the things that was discussed in that interview, Mike, Speaking of just asked the question, Mike said, how's your offensive line look? Great question. Um, because it matters. We're getting, In just a minute, I'm going to roll out some numbers that a lot of you are going to go, you know what, I didn't think about it that way just yet. But um, but the offensive line greatly matters this year for Gamecock football. And I think Shane gave an, a very honest answer. JC, you can back this up because what he actually said publicly is is what we've heard privately is that they, they like where they are with the guys. They just have to figure out exactly who's going to do what when the season rolls around and what's going to be the best fit. They have been cross-training. Many of the uh, – I guess not all young, but uh, many of the guys that they've got um, uh, playing up front, and they are going to have to be good this year because it is probably going to take a little bit of time at least uh, to, to get that running back group in order. And then you want to make sure that the talent that you have out wide, tight ends, receivers, and more – you know, that they have a chance to be as special as they can be. And the quarterback that you have, a guy named Spencer Rattler, has a chance to do what we all know he's capable of doing. But none of that's going to be possible if they're not very good up front, Phil. So I think that when Mike asked him the question about the offensive line and his, he had an honest answer. Um, but I but I, I also don't think that it was a an answer of scared about what those guys bring to the table. I think they actually like where they are for the most part. They just want to make sure that over the next four weeks, starting next Friday, that when they kick it off in the first game, that they feel like they've turned over every leaf that they can turn to make sure that the group they've got out there is comfortable doing what they're doing. Yeah, it looks like, it sounded older like they were you know, fully focused on doing their due diligence in the you know preseason workouts and and you know, to figure that out or at least have their what they think are their best five on the field for North Carolina. Well, and, and here's the thing, too, J.C., it's it's not like this group hasn't played. I mean, here, here's some numbers up front. Ja'Kai Moore, this is coming into the year. I'm not including 2023. This is prior to 2023. Ja'Kai Moore has played in 33 SEC games. He's been on campus for four seasons, and he's got 19 career SEC starts. For Sean Lee has been on campus for three years. This will be his fourth. 28 career games played in the league. Uh, when I say in the league, I'm talking about, you know, it, it, it South Carolina. Uh, and 17 starts in the SEC. Tyshawn Wanamaker has been on campus for three years. 20 SEC games under his belt, 11 SEC starts. And Trey Jones is a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, he he's, he looks good. And they, they like him and where he is now. But he's been around for three years. Uh, 21 games played and three starts in the SEC. Remember, Trey Jones has also played some special teams here, and y'all talked about that a lot. And Shane had a, a, a very, very truthful answer with special teams. And then another one to keep an eye on, of course, is Nick Gargiulo. This is his sixth year of college football, uh, 24 career starts. So total, the four I mentioned who've been on campus, 102 games played in a Gamecock uniform, 41 SEC starts. That's not peanuts. It's just a matter of making sure that these guys, like JC, you've said this multiple times, we've seen every one of them play guard and tackle. 
Matter of fact, we've seen a couple of them play guard and center and tackle. So they've all kind of cross-trained. It's just a matter of what's going to be the best fit for each of them. Yeah, they're, they're good players. I mean, Vershawn Lee is a good player. Ja'Kai Moore is a good player. Tyshawn Wanamaker has been a good player. Trey Jones has – the reason they signed Trey Jones is he, he ran four six one at that size. Uh, he played fullback and called a touchdown pass, man, uh, against Auburn. Uh, Shane actually reminds said – I thought the Clemson game was the first time they had faced big adversity early and come back and came back and won besides East Carolina. But he reminded me of that Auburn game, and he was right. But uh, you know, it's just going to be you know a matter what? of you mentioned. You mentioned Spurrier. Shane's got a lot of that in him. He remembers yeah. the ball. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. he remembers <laughs> it. He's good. Yeah, at that. yeah. he got yeah. me on that because I'm usually good at that stuff. I sit there thinking about it. But uh, anyway, it. I'll tell you that right now. It's. Um, you know, it's one of those things where all these guys—that's the bless. It's a blessing and a curse up front right now on offense. The blessing is you've got older guys that have played a lot of football. The curse is you have a significant injury because Jalen Nichols was about to have one of his his best year at left tackle. They were like, once they got out of last season, they were like, Jalen Nichols is going to go to the NFL. You know, because he he. He settled in. So left tackle is obviously important, right? Pretty key position, left tackle is. Um, and so, you, you know, you, you lost him. And so you, you really, if you go with the, with the veteran five, that, that includes Nick Gargiulo now, you know, you're starting Wanamaker, Jones, Lee, and more. Well, where does Wanamaker – is Wanamaker really going to be a tackle this year? You know, he's gotten a lot thinner, but almost too thin. So – you know, is Sidney Fugar from Western Illinois the transfer going to be ready? Uh, I mentioned the two walk-ons, and JB's been here in this. Nene Manzel from Mercer and Jackson Hughes from Charlotte. Those aren't like your typical walk-ons. I mean, those guys played a lot of ball at those two places. They're going to, at the very least, provide depth. Not going to shock me at all if one of them starts. At all. I'm, I agree. Yeah. Especially Hughes. So, uh, and then Manzel has arguably been more impressive athletically than Hughes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then you have a lot of talent behind them in the, in the younger classes. You know, I'm curious to see how the healthy case in Henry is this year. Um, I'm hoping that maybe the, the doom and gloom about his health status would be a little bit overblown, but I'm not sure about that. I think he's maybe another year away. Uh, You know, I think big tree Babalade, or they call him just Tree now. He's listed as Tree on the roster. Like Tree. Uh, That's the first athlete I've seen listed as Tree since Tree Rollins. Remember Tree Rollins? Sure, yeah. Where did he play basketball in college? They might know. Uh, the, team, the team in the upstate. Uh, did he play Clemson? Oh, really? Tree Rollins played at the team in the upstate. Played for, the, played for my beloved Atlanta at the time, my beloved well, Atlanta Hawks. Oh, yeah, I yeah. That's name what a player. That's what I, I couldn't name I'm a play for the Hawks. You're talking yeah, about. I, I, I could I couldn't name Hello. a player on there. A Trey Young was in, I think is on their roster now, but uh, yeah, I mean they went to the the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of years ago, and I didn't even care. Uh, when I was a kid, they lost a uh, they they could have clinched the Eastern semis against the Celtics and Bird at home in the Omni with Dominique and those guys, and they lost by two points, and I cried. That's how much I've gone from giving a 
flip to not giving a flip about the NBA. <laughs> uh, but Tree Rollins, yeah. So that's the first thing, first person I've seen listed on a roster named Tree since that. And that's a lot easier to pronounce than Olawatosin or Olawatosin. Yeah. Babalata. Todd Ellis is just going to be like, oh, now I'm in the tree. Oh, <laughs> hurt me. Oh. But uh, Tree and, and, you know, and Marky, so, so look, Tree and Jatavia Shivers are probably not going to play this year. They're going to coach up and see. Uh, I do think Marky Anderson and Trovon Ball will play. And, and uh, you know, I, I think with Marky coming in the spring helped him. Uh, don't, don't think for a minute, though, that Trovon won't be the guy if there's just one that plays. They think he's physically mature, and he is, as an interior guy. So they really like him. They think he was a steal. He, kid was a four-star prospect the whole entire process, goes to the Under Armour game, plays his butt off, and then all of a sudden, oh, somebody's got to drop. Let's drop that kid that went to South, that goes to South, is going to South Carolina. Right. Um, and, and I know that sounds bad for me to say, and, and if you listen to the late night Gamecock show last night, I sort of started talking about it. I'm just going to call it out because you know, I've asked questions about recruiting rankings. I used to be in that business. I'm not pretending to do anybody's job for them, but by God, I could explain it. And uh, the explanation I got the other day was like a fan. Like they were explaining it to a fan. Like it was like this, well, here's how you evaluate talent. And I responded and I go, thanks for the lesson on evaluating talent, man. You learn something new every day. And the dude was like, oh, hey, no problem, buddy, anytime. I'm like, you were, this, this particular person was in the business working for a rival company when I was running the show at 24-7. Um, but anyway, so I'm just going to say it. This guy, let's drop somebody. Well, let's drop this kid going to South Carolina because we certainly aren't going to drop anybody going to a brand-name school that we ranked two years too early. That's the, the, that <laughs> brand-name school is trying, probably trying to get out of it anyway, you know. Oh, by God, they can't fall below 90. But Trovon Ball, who has, you know, a 4.0 pace academy, committed early, had great offers like Arkansas, clearly is athletic. Yeah, he goes to the Under Armour game and plays very well. Oh, let's just drop him. Nobody will notice. It's, it's like the Christopher Walken psychic yeah. friends. Just call. No one will know. Yes, we know, idiots. Um. I'm not calling those people idiots. I'm just saying we know for whatever. But uh, so that's the deal there. So anyway, back to the offensive line. Don't be surprised if Ball plays above before Anderson. It's not a knock on Anderson. Anderson's going to be really good. But I kind of think they're going to try to get Anderson to maybe be a swing guy at tackle and guard this year. Maybe not left tackle, but at tackle and guard. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out um, and all that good stuff. And then, you know, the next year – You've got three studs coming in from in-state, including what I believe, honestly, without question, to be the top two tackles in the country. And I'm not the only one that feels that way. And I'm not the only one that lives outside of South Carolina that feels that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, They they don't even care about the game. Needless to say, probably Gamecock haters that feel that way. So, anyway, I'm going to preach. Well, Trevon (laughs) Baugh, just to kind of back up a little bit of what you're saying there, did have eight SEC offers. Uh, and uh, and that's just in the SEC. Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, and a host of others out there, West Virginia, you name it, they all offered this young man as well. What's really interesting is his recruiting profile originally listed him 
at 6'4", 315 pounds. But uh, I know y'all received the same thing that I did from Coach Fink just a couple of weeks ago, the updated roster, and he is now listed at 6'4", 337. Um, so, you know, if, if that's true, of course, that 315 could have maybe been from a year or two prior and it just never been updated. Nonetheless, uh, he is heavier, but it's not because he got to school and ate McDonald's all day. Um, so to your point, yeah, he, he's a, he's a young man who's well built and if he can figure it out, might have a chance to play his way into the rotation somewhere along the line. But I, I think to, to back up what you said, JC, I think that they really do like where they are with a lot of the guys that they have. I, I don't know that they're as deep as they'd like to be. Of course, I think they'd probably like to say that they had two or three more guys with tremendous experience at this level, but they don't have that. But they like the talent that they have. It's just a matter of figuring out who goes where and then bringing along that next group. And by all means, from everything I've been told from the the, the two people that I actually truly trust on this, uh, Lonnie Teasley with Coach Adkins kind of watching over his shoulder has done a remarkable job uh, at getting these guys ready to play. Uh, coming up in August, talk about a steal. That might be another steal right there as far as an O-line coach, somebody that just literally came out of nowhere and probably by the end of this year is is going to have somebody knocking on Shane Beamer's door to talk to him about another position. Yeah, I, I think Lonnie is a rising star in the business, just like Travian Robertson and Sterling Lucas. And, you know, you got some really good coaches like Jody Wright. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's a good staff and, uh, you know, I, I think, too, just like with everything else as far as the offense goes, Dowell, and that's one thing we did not ask Coach Beamer about is, is Dowell and the offense. But yeah, He uh, probably appreciated that. I, I, I think, really, that, uh, you know, yeah, we were too interested in learning about the fact that he likes the Wonder Years and Stand By Me and the movies like right. that. The he Goonies. was a big Fraggle Rock but and He-Man guy. Fraggle Rock guy, yeah. He-Man, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we learned all about the head coach today. Yeah. Uh, but, no, it's uh, – I think just like with every other part of the offense, the less confused you are, the better. And see to run, um, to run the kind of stuff they were attempting to run. Uh, I'm going to start calling it the make the coach look good offense. Because <laughs> that, that's what he's just trying to do, make himself look good. Put stuff on tape. Oh, look at what I got these college kids to do. Hire me, Rams. Uh you know all the all the stuff and, and all the confusion, all the nuance. You know, offensive line just needs they just need to line up and go play, right? Go just line up and go play. You're going to pull every now and then. You're going to have your your center call out the coverages and defense, but line up and go play. And I think they'll be doing a lot more of that this year. Uh, and, and and you know, and Teasley really did do a good job down the stretch with them, even with that hindering them. So I. I think it could be a year where, where all these older guys do put it together finally, and it kind of serves as a bridge year uh, to get them to next year where, where you know some of these younger guys that are talented will have to take over. We are teed up by TravelingCountryClub.com. It's the coolest club in the Carolinas. If you play golf and you don't play golf through Traveling Country Club, then you're not really playing golf. It is the best deal that there is that exists in two states, South Carolina and North Carolina. I assure you, I promise you, we think there have been, I don't know, maybe a 100 of you or so by now who I, this last number or somewhere close to that, that I was told that have signed up for TravelingCountryClub.com. Unbelievable. Thank you so much. 
Uh, it is an awesome, awesome, awesome deal. Michael Main is former golfer at the University of South Carolina, is one of the great owners of this company, and uh, you can play from the mountains to the sea. We're right around the corner from fall, so maybe you're planning to take a trip to the mountains and play. If you're watching, you can see the beautiful colors there at the uh, Waynesville Country Club in that image. Travelingcountryclub.com, the best deals out there in golf. It is time for a timeout. We are going to go to 1.30 today. John Whittle is ahead at 12.30, but we'll take our first break now, and we'll be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. You hear me and see me every day here on Inside the Gamecocks, and it would be an honor to earn your business. I've been around real estate my entire life as it's somewhat of a family business. I work with an elite team of experts from loans to insurance to closing, and they make my clients and my life very easy. It really is elite. Coast to Coast Realty SC.com is where you can find our staff, and you can always reach out to me here as well. Go Gamecocks. Cole Joe here, and when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award winning, it'll melt in your mouth, it's good on a cracker, it's good in a bowl, it's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. back everybody inside the Gamecocks of the show first hour of the show presented to you as always by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate give Cindy a call at 864-414-5271 for all your upstate residential real estate needs and JB we heard about a couple times kind of teased it a little bit yesterday about some offensive 
stats and observations that you have. So what what have you got? Throw it at us. The old man of offense. It's a. It, I guess I'll just send this to Shane and let him uh, create a T-shirt for it. Nil related. But if you actually step back for a second, just listen to these numbers, and I can give you a breakdown. And now, look, I I know that some of these guys have come from other places. But I'm talking just about the fact that you're going to put a bunch of dudes on the field who've just played a ton of college football. I don't even have the snap counts, and I'm not going to attempt. That's a, that's a John Little job. Let him add it up. The, the these are the guys whose names you're, you're you're most likely to hear the most this far this fall. Mario Anderson, to carry on Joiner, Juju McDowell, at least as it stands today, it could, it could be a. DJ Braswell or something like that that comes up, but Mario Anderson to carry on Joiner, Juju McDowell, and then at the wideout position, and I'm calling it the wideout or the stretch because you've got receivers and tight ends kind of mixed in there. Juice to carry on, Marion Brown, Xavier Leggett, Eddie Lewis, Trey Knox, and Josh Simon. So, um, you, you know, when when you actually add the add all of this up here, you have 35 years of college football experience between that group. 35 years. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm say this again. 35 years. The youngest of them all is Juju McDowell. And then we'll get into his stats in just a moment. 72 career SEC starts. 195 SEC games played. 356 overall games played. 123 touchdowns scored combined between that group. 123. And 10,881 overall yards gained, either receiving or running the football. Now, of course, the big number there is going to be Mario Anderson's 3,301 rushing yards that he brings with him from Newberry. Newberry is nowhere near playing in the SEC. But he's been playing college football for four years, and he does bring a bunch of experience with him. And that is something that's been pointed out to me over and over again. I know it's been pointed out to you, JC, because – you have continued to say you're going to expect a little bit more out of this guy based on what we've heard over the last few months, 35 total touchdowns. He knows how to find the end zone, and he's done it a lot over the years. But think about this for a second. Josh Simon, eleven hundred over 1,100 receiving yards in his career as a, quote, tight end. Uh, Juice Wells, almost 2,000 receiving yards, and we, we don't have to expand on him anymore. Uh, to carry on Joyner, with everything he's done at quarterback, you're also talking about 800 total yards in his career. Marion Brown, Xavier Leggett, Eddie Lewis, 1,200 receiving yards. I mean, these guys, Trey Knox, it, it, it really is astounding. And then you take in the fact that Spencer Rattler has also you know, been around a while, 36 games played with 30 games started and now 13 in the SEC. I, the stats don't – they do matter because that means somebody is or is not a playmaker, and I get that. But they also kind of don't because we know, and we saw it firsthand last year at times where we felt like dudes were misused. What I'm getting at here is you've got a bunch of people who actually understand things better. And if you go back to anything that you've done in life, you do best what you do often, and sometimes it's just because you understand how difficult it is to do it, right? So – I remember when I first started in media, it took me a while to figure it out. If you first start as an insurance agent, it takes you a while to figure it out. It doesn't matter what you do. And these guys, they're all very comfortable playing the game of college football at this speed, at this level, the demands on and off the field. What do you need to do when you're not practicing and all those type things? So you bring Dowell Loggins in, you have Spencer Rattler, and you have 35 years of combined collegiate experience from your playmakers – 
I guess the the main message is you don't have a bunch of young guys who you're trying to teach the game to at this level. They know how to play the game at this level. It's just more figuring out exactly who you are collectively going to be. And, um, you know, for South Carolina, they're going to have a lot to replace at the end of the 2023 season. But we got a long ways to go to get there. And that is a big-time positive when you talk about this team. I mentioned the 41 career starts by the SEC linemen already. There's enough on the offensive side of the football to say there's a lot of experience. They can use that experience to maybe surprise some people. I think it's a good bridge here, JB, because it's almost ideal for a year three situation. And the transfer portal and the COVID year both have helped uh, help there not be bigger holes than maybe, you know, would have happened under normal circumstances. Um, and, and, you know, you've got all those experienced guys. You've got a good core of guys that played a lot of ball. Uh, and then you have a lot of young green players that haven't played a whole lot. And, and they're going to be depending, uh, as Beamer said earlier, uh, on JC and Morgan, on, on true freshmen at just about every position in the two deep. Mm-hmm. Not starting, you know, in the two deep. And so I – I think that's ideal because, you know, because you're not terribly deep uh, at a number of positions, but your starters are very experienced, then you have a chance to kind of get the young guys uh, the needed experience to where the bottom doesn't fall out next year uh, because these guys have played. uh, And and you don't have to necessarily sacrifice uh, the perils of uh, to the perils of playing a lot of youth. Um, you know, and, and, and I, Clemson, Clemson was in this situation a few years back, if you guys remember. Really, really good team, high expectations. And everybody kind of made fun of Dabo because he's like, we're the youngest team in the country. Well, if you went and did the math, they were, believe it or not. But but it was, but they also, the team that won them that night, well, there was a core group of older guys that carried them that year, uh, Deshaun Watson included. So, uh, I, I I think this is a you know if you're going to be young at certain and, and not have Alabama depth or Georgia depth or Ohio State depth, uh, which is most schools, this is a situation you want to be in where you've got a core group of guys that have just played an unbelievable amount of football, uh, and then even though your more talented players may be younger, that's good because you got the older folks to set the example and you don't have to put a lot of pressure on a lot of young players to go out there and perform at a high level. Having it uh, so heavily weighted on one side of the ball as opposed to the other, do you think that's, you know, ultimately that's going to end up helping what looks to be kind of the opposite situation on defense? That's (laughs) that's an interesting observation. Yeah, I think that's an interesting observation. JC, what do you think? Because I I, I think that – if if I if I if someone gave me the option, they said you can have thirty five years of experience from this group on offense or defense. I think I would take it on offense just because of where the game has gone today. But would, would you rather have that on one side of the ball or the other? Do you think it matters? I mean, it's great to have an experienced defense. I get that, but I I would rather have the experience on offense. No, you can't win unless you score points these days, and we all know that. I like veteran offenses better than yeah. veteran defenses. I mean, you, you know, I, I think you can get by with being young on defense in a lot of ways if you're very talented. I mean, Texas A&M last year, 
you know, they weren't a dominant defense, but they were pretty doggone salty, right? Sure. And um, so, and they were very young. Now, on offense, very young a lot of times means you're running the wrong route, your quarterback's making mistakes, you're missing blocks, you're hitting the wrong holes or running back, you're fumbling, bumbling, stumbling, and that can really hurt you. You know, defense, it's missed assignments and, and things of that nature, but uh, those defensive players, as Cam Smith said last year, drop your nuts. <laughs> they, 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 they drop quicker uh, on defense, uh, I think, a lot of times uh, than offense just because of the the mental side of uh, of playing offense. And it's not that you ought to be smart to play D. There's checks. There's things you have to learn. But if I'm going to be young, I'd rather be on the defensive side of the ball. So I think you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I I I totally agree. I think that offensive offensively, Carolina is set up. I mean, they really are. You know, from a from a I I just you look at this group. They they learning to play in a new offense is different from learning to play college football, right? We can all agree on that. You know, and now if you're stepping into an offense like what they, you know, previously had, you're going, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing out here. I, I understand that too. But, again, it all comes down to two things, and we continue to go back to this. We continue to go back to this. We continue to go back to this. Your quarterback and your offensive coordinator, if they click, it will click. And so far, at least the returns are, are pretty good. So uh, – but we'll find out soon because they start practicing next next Friday. It really is an amazing – it's 35 years, guys. 35 <laughs> years of collegiate experience between that group. I, I, I just – wow. Not to mention it's called leadership, you know. Here you have a bunch of guys who've been there, done that, and they know they know what it takes. All right, let's take our uh, second break of hour one. We, If you're joining us late, we did join ourselves late, as a matter of fact. <laughs> At 11.30, J.C. and Morgan had Shane Beamer on this morning. We will have John Whittle on coming up at 12.30. He's our version of Shane Beamer. Uh, we will have Shane Beamer on this program in the future and before football season, just so everybody is aware as well. Coaches, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll be sure to join us before they get rolling against North Carolina. That game yesterday officially announced college game day in Charlotte. We'll talk about that more when we return Inside the Gamecocks, the show powered by our friends, everybody's friends, Electric Bikes of Charleston. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned and operated. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. 
From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners with Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show Garnet and Black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox! You heard Evan Stone, Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com happening this is great welcome back inside the gamecocks the show almost forgot what show i was on here (laughs) (laughs) my 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 computer flipped me the bird when i clicked the button because i I worked at yeah we burned the midnight oil last night and uh and then Uh jumped on and started streaming real early this morning with jc and morgan it's like what are you doing to me (laughs) our pets how about how about the tweet i sent you from shooter mcgavin was that not the funniest (laughs) thing you've seen in years god i love that that was was that not the funniest tweet i literally dude i literally (laughs) scared my kids i was laughing so hard we had laid down in bed to watch a movie and i just started dying and my wife was like, <laughs> laughing at it. I was like, dude, look at this. It's a- Our pets. Heads are falling off. Heads are falling off. Elon Musk. Harry, I took Elon care Musk of it. pulled a Twitter bird to a local kid. Oh, I wish I'd have pulled that into the studio. Be oh, God. It was a <laughs> Shooter McGavin is my favorite Twitter account to follow. It's funny. It, it is, is funny. Best thing on, it is the best thing on it. You know, people love to use Twitter because they think, like, they really think people, like, are going to listen to them. You know, they respond to, like, Fox News and CNN and all this stuff. You realize it's just like an intern running the account, right? Like, this guy has no nothing to do with policy or nothing to do with none of that. But, like, people, like, literally tweet at these people thinking, like, well, I'm going to engage with Donald Trump today. Yeah, this guy's going to pay attention to me because I've got 13 followers and I live in the middle of Missouri and I'm cool. But, so I, 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 you know, I... You gotta follow something that's funny. The Shooter McGavin Twitter account is the funniest Twitter account ever. He doesn't do anything but crack on everybody, uh, and it's only the people that like he can somehow put a movie quote into. And usually, of course, it's Happy Gilmore. But that one was the best he's done. 
So if you yeah. don't follow Shooter McGavin on Twitter, your whole life is on hold. You've got to follow him. And by the way, I met I, I met that guy at the Fifth Avenue Deli, or no, no, the Five Star Deli in Times Square. Um, oh, nice. The guy who was Shooter McGavin. What's his name? Um, the actor? Yeah. He always plays a jackass. Yeah, he does. Well, yeah, that's, but that's okay. You make good money doing that. Yeah. I mean, if you if you play a good jackass. <laughs> yeah, we were literally when Carrie and I got engaged in New York City. Um, the day it was the day it was. It had you got engaged I, in New York City. That's pimp. Got engaged in Central Park during Christmas. As a matter of fact, it was pretty. Yeah, cool. Oh, that's even more pimp. Congratulations. Um, yeah, Christopher McDonald. Thanks Christopher McDonald. There you go. We were, it was the day after it was, uh, with JC, you know, him. nobody else here does, but it was me and Carrie and my cousins, Robbie and Kelly. And we were at the fifth Avenue deli standing in line and we're standing right next to the naked cowboy who had a fur. He had, he had underwear on and a fur coat. That's it. (laughs) Cowboy hat. And, uh, he did have his guitar. So we talked to him for a second. He gave my my new fiance and my cousin Kelly a, a hug and a kiss, which was which was fine. I was like, "It's a naked cowboy, yeah, go for it." <laughs> and they were literally standing there about to pay, and I'm like, "Oh my god, that's Shooter McGavin!" And Carrie was like, "Shut up, man! You don't want me to hear you." I'm like, "I do want I do Why want not? him to hear me." <laughs> Honey, how you doing? <laughs> I guess the price was wrong, awesome. man. It was awesome. <laughs> Uh, I couldn't you start it. quoting Happy Gilmore quotes. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I was like, "Hey, why sure. are you? Hey, why'd you take a bottle of Creed's hand, man?" No, I, I asked him if he'd meet me on the ninth green at nine that night, and he said no. No, no. Like, so no. Meet me on the ninth green I'm, at nine. I'm leaning towards yes, but no, dude. No. One of the. By the no? way, everybody talks about Happy Gilmore, and that's fine. Because Happy Gilmore's heavy, but Shooter McGavin made the movie. Like he made that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, because yeah. he was a jerk, but he was a little awkward at the same time. Right, mm-hmm. just a little tad bit awkward. And you're like, ah, yeah, it's kind of that. Well, it's kind of like Skeletor from Bay. He-Man. I just may. What do you say? Like, like, like Skeletor from He-Man. Sort of <laughs> awkward. Yeah, as a villain, and yeah. now uh, Skeletor's in a ton of memes. Like right. he shows up and gives advice and then runs away and he's like, Till we meet again. <laughs> How do you- I know, I mean, I'm like, wow, Skeletor. Yeah, he man. <laughs> He'll show up and be like, hey, the price of tea in China is not relevant to this conversation. Until we meet again. How do you Phil? <laughs> can you share that? Let me see. Hold on. Let's see. I can pull that. Uh can you sh- for anybody that hasn't seen it or doesn't do Twitter or what is it? Is it X or Twitter? Twitter? What, what do we call this thing now? I'm not. I'm just gonna call it Twitter. That's what I thought. I mean, that's kind of what I assumed. Well, I'll just go with Twitter until somebody says that I can't do that anymore. I mean, it still says tweet. Yeah, I've got tweet deck up right now, and the pretty bird is 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 on there. So yeah, can you, you got it, Phil? I'm, I'm I'm working. Hold on. I know for that. those who come back and listen to this later on in podcast form, they're going to be like these doofuses. It's a great freaking radio. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, it's, it's funny. Great. I actually pulled it up. It's got the damn X on it. Twitter does. 
Yeah, that's what yeah, I know. Yeah, that's nuts. Uh, um, here we go. Uh, yeah, I can share the screen here. Can you uh, can you share it for those that aren't uh, that haven't seen this on Twitter? Shooter McGavin <laughs> calling it like he sees it yesterday with the uh, Twitter bird being <laughs> being sold. No, I just got the number, but this isn't with the shooter. There it is. Again. Scroll, scroll up. Oh, no, that's not it. No, no, that's not that's, it. That's not it. Hold on. Right. You got to go to Shooter McGavin. Yeah, hold on. Let's go to Explore. Okay. Well, so while Phil is uh, showing it, next thing we're going to see is like AsianMen.com. Like, oh, no. Wait. Whoa. What about, hold on now. <laughs> there it is. There, there, there it is. is. Yeah. Break, breaking, breaking. Elon Musk sold the Twitter bird to a local kid this morning. <laughs> What was his name? Billy Cor Billy Billy something Billy and Forcey Billy and Forcey Billy the blind kid. <laughs> you sold. He didn't even have a head. <laughs> Harry, I took care of it. I took care of it. <laughs> Dude, Dumb and Dumber is. It, I, first of all, I love Dumb and Dumber because it's a it's a kind of a it's a love story. Dude, Dumb and Dumber. It, it is. It's awesome. a romantic movie love story. You know. Oh, the chances that a guy like you and a boy like me, a guy like girl, you and a girl, girl like, like you and a guy like me. So, so you're saying there's a chance. So you're telling me there's a chance. I literally so had somebody I, do that to me on ESPN. We were doing movies naturally in the middle of summer, like five, six years ago. And the guy calls in and goes, I totally disagree with you. And I was like, what? He said, dumb and dumber. That, that movie is so dumb. I was like. You do hear yourself, right? That's the point of the movie. Like <laughs> that is yeah. the point of the right. movie. Right. Yes, the, the, they nailed they're, it. They're that dumb. was the whole point. Like my friend's a little slow. The town is that way. <laughs> We're looking for a couple of oil oil boys to travel around the country with us. And there's just and he's like, Oh yeah, you're in luck. There's a town back that way. He's like, do you realize what you've done? <laughs> Dude, it's so like, my, my friends are slow. The town uh, is that way. I literally get 20, between 20 miles that, a gallon on this hog. Between <laughs> that and Happy Gilmore and the original American Pie, like if I've got a bottle of bourbon and a full Saturday with no family around, <laughs> I'll watch all three of them. I, I'll, probably, I'll probably lose 20 pounds laughing at those three movies all day long. I mean, it is. I love it. I can't drink and watch movies. Really? Sounds weird. I'm more of a listen to music guy. I I, I can't focus on them. Now, that's not if I take man. a if I take a gummy or two. Oh God! I, I watch <laughs> movies all day long and twice on Sunday. We I'll be living that. I'll live the movie if I take a gummy. I'm like all paranoid. <laughs> I'm like all oh, paranoid and all that. And you're like, you're what? what what's wrong with you, JC? I'm just into this. You're watching Police Academy. Yeah, but how do they keep up in it in the blue oyster over and over, man? Is this it's a conspiracy, man? JC, you know this this, this show is rated thirteen plus, right? We don't. Yeah, hey, you'll never. You, you'll, uh, we got to tell the story, Phil. Uh, <laughs> and I think I've told this before. Please tell so, me this is about like gummy bears. Like, so no, no, I'm, I'm over at Dina and Phil's. We'd have we'd have a little party at the at their crib, you know, nice nice night, and it's about time for. Everybody to get in the bed and JC to get in the Uber, you know, and I'm sitting there waiting on the Uber and they pop in a movie and Harrison Ford walks across the screen. And I'm like, is this regarding Henry? 
<laughs> and it was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Jones movies. It was Indiana Jones. like Raiders of the Lost Ark. And so, <laughs> about like the, ne- the next Christmas, I'm in Toys R Us, and I see the Raiders of the Lost Ark action figures, and I'm making this meme, and it's like, excuse me, where are your regarding Henry action figures? <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, I've never lived that down. But I, I, I'll laugh at myself for coming up with that. Is this regarding Henry? <laughs> it just you know, the, the thought that you saw Harrison Ford in the first movie that popped into your head. <laughs> well, and then Henry. the thought that you guys were about after a long night of of having the having a blast that you're just going to pop in some regarding <laughs> Henry and throw in some regarding I mean, Henry. Come on. It's uh, yeah. not your style at all. But that's the- <laughs> so you're gonna go home and uh, and, 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 and and take a puff, you know, and do do something, and uh, maybe get to get a sandwich and watch regarding Henry. What? And pass that, that out. Is, by the way, that is a uh, you might have just unearthed a new way to have a movie conversation. You have one the the party is leaving. You have one movie to put in to keep the party at your house. What's it going to be? That's a good question. It's a good question. Think about that for a second. That's a good question. One movie. You can't Google it, JC. To keep it moving? Mm. Hey, everybody's leaving. Hey, remember, boy, this party really died. There's a Dumb and Dumber quote for you when he pops the owl with the champagne. With the, yeah. <laughs> the, champagne pop. <laughs> the party dies. Everybody's going to leave. What is one movie that you put in that says, okay, everybody's going to stay? Oh, Clint's got a good one. That's an excellent. Uh, and in the candidate. in the words of, in the words of Michael Flint, you can't say saving Ryan's privates. <laughs> You're gonna stay for saving privates, lot whatever the privates. Is this Private Benjamin? No. Is this Private Benjamin? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, you're gonna stay for at least the first twenty minutes uh, of Saving Private Ryan. After that, after that, I thought that no. movie got a little slow. I think you missed me. I think you missed what I was saying. Flint said, "Saving Ryan's Privates." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's right in line with what Bruin was kind of thinking. Yeah, De- Debbie does yeah, good Dallas. misspelling though, Bruin. That way, I could no. put it on there. <laughs> yeah. Jan Shawshank Redemption. I don't know if I'm at a party. I, I'm oh, get Flint, it. that's I, gross. Maybe I don't. Depends on the vibe yeah. of the party. Well, I mean, who wants to watch? No. Shawshank Redemption, Jan. Uh, that ain't going to keep me. It's got to be like American Pie. Like, it's got to be something that you're just going to laugh at. <laughs> why not Why not pop in like a Pink Floyd live album and, and play it no, on the stereo no, or something? No. And it's, rock, it's or a, Eric Church. I don't care if it's Eric you're Church. Moving, you're moving the goalposts. I'm talking about mo- a movie. You movie can't just specific. come up with your own narrative. If it was going to be a musical question, duh. Yeah, you put on Eric Church. Because I don't watch movies when I drink. I just don't. I'd rather, <laughs> by the way, not to change the subject, but are, how how much are you going to drop a load in your dieties, JB, when uh, Eric Church is the guest picker on game day in Charlotte pulling, pulling for North and Carolina. picks the Tar Heels? Pulling for, pulling for the Tar Heels. What they should I, I do is they have they should have him Darius and Darius. Yeah, and yeah, I think so too. Do. I think that would be awesome. In fact, I'm probably. 
I have heard nothing. I have no scoop about it, well, but they're I, good it wouldn't friends. surprise me if they did it. It wouldn't surprise me if they did that. They're good. For, that's the only thing I saw. I saw Darius playing golf last week. That's the only thing I wanted to ask him was, uh, so what's, what's Eric's house like in Tennessee? But I didn't, know <laughs> I didn't but no, that. I think, uh, I, it, 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 this is the first game day. And look, Mike, Mike made a good point today too, is like, this is the first, that first weekend, I mean, week zero sort of sucks. That first weekend, man, everybody's tuned in. That's huge for South Carolina. Quantum. Huge. Oh, everybody. It's going to be absolutely. Matter of fact, it's 1230. Let's hit our break because we're at the end of hour number one. We'll ask John Whittle about that when he gets here. John actually texted me and said, hey, what are we talking about today? And I responded with gymnastics. So load those questions into the portal as well. Nice. <laughs> Bruin says, let's get drunk and watch Titanic, guys. I'm, I kind of like where Quantrell's going with this one. Y'all can read that. I won't uh, I won't say yeah, it live. Yeah, I saw that too. On the air, but Quantrell's. That's the fir- first wives club. Let's watch that. How about the Devil Wears Prada, guys? <laughs> Oh, oh, man. The Devil Wears Prada's about to start, bro. <laughs> yeah. Old wait, wait, what? <laughs> you gotta you gotta clean your cat? Old school's a good one. Old school's a good one. Now I watch right. old school every now and then, especially the beginning. Especially when the band the Dan band's playing. Yeah. Yes. All right. We're painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Hang tight. John Whittle up next on Inside the Game Cox the Show. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope's State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 
Welcome That's back, everybody. What's that hardcore? Oh. Hard That's core that's throw. how you play Sandstorm. Yeah, right no there. doubt, no doubt. Twelve thirty-three on a Tuesday afternoon. John <laughs> Little, the busy. Hey, John, uh, JC, and Mike had um, Shane, Coach Beamer on this morning on the JC and Morgan show. They asked him, "Who's your favorite reporter?" And he said, "David Cloninger." Can you believe that? <laughs> I hundred percent believe that. Yeah. <laughs> he gets he the first, gets the first question. question. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, I love DC now. I do y'all. What do you? What do you do? All right. Do Do you walk in the room and everybody just acknowledges? Don't do it. Don't 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 ask before David. Does he say, "Hey guys, I've got the first question"? Like, what happens in there? <laughs> exactly what you think happens. We're we're all sitting there watching him wait, waiting, waiting to uh, waiting for him to talk. So thanks so, for doing this, Shane. <laughs> he walks. He walks in. He's got like a nine shoved in his belt loop, and you can see it through his shirt. And he's like, "How you doing, guys? How you doing, guys? DC." Oh uh, yeah. Well, we I love just, DC. I love Gosh. David. He's what one of the coolest guy. guys on the planet. He is he's, uh, amazing. He's sneaky funny, isn't he, John? He'll 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 catch you when you're not paying attention. He's he's sneaky funny, and he he knows a little bit about a lot of things. So so he's, yeah. he's dangerous. He, he's great dangerous. to catch a conversation with. Yeah. <laughs> Super. All right, John. So we brought you on to ask you the all important question. Whittle's throwing a banger at his house, and everyone's leaving around midnight because it's gotten boring. But you can put one movie in to keep them all partying with you. What movie are you putting in the or on the TV? Mm, I'd probably go with the Nutty Professor. Whoa! Oh, hold on. Mm-hmm. Oh, which one? Which one? The original the first one. That oh, is out yeah, of left but... field. Good one. Yeah, there we, that first one that comes to mind. That is Eddie a, Murphy. He, that one. Yeah. Are we talking Jerry Lewis? No. Oh, yeah. oh no. No, no. You're talking about Eddie Murphy. Murphy when he plays like all of the characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jerry yeah. Lewis one. Have you watched? I haven't seen that movie forever. Have you watched it recently? No, I haven't. I probably I haven't seen that in probably fifteen or twenty years. That was the most solid answer that I could have expected. No one saw that coming. Nobody. No, that's an excellent answer. That's an excellent answer. All right, John. We appreciate it, man. You have a wonderful Tuesday afternoon. We'll, uh... Thanks, guys. See you later. This <laughs> concludes our little bit. Well, it's all we all the time. <laughs> Dynamite segment, John. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, hey, well, uh, I, I, I'll ask if y'all don't because I've been talking. Start, with, I, I, start I, with baseball. Start with baseball. Talk about McCoy, man. McCoy, McCoy, McCoy. The real McCoy. Talk about McCoy. <laughs> um. Uh, big get, big get for the Gamecocks. Uh, left-handed pitcher, in-state kid from Catawba Ridge High School. Uh, he was signed to play for Walford. Um, they, their head coach Todd Interdonato left to go to Boston College, and you know, just didn't, just didn't feel quite right anymore. So got out of that uh, nil, nli, excuse me, and and uh, you know had several ACC, SEC schools calling him. A um, couple of couple of professional organizations tried tried to lure him uh, with a free agent contract with six figure signing bonuses and 
Um, went on a couple of trips and, and decided South Carolina was the best spot. But he's a 94, 95-mile-an-hour lefty, uh, a good breaking ball. Uh, throws, throws enough strikes right now, can – can probably get a little bit better in that way, but you know it's a it's a huge pickup, and you know apart from he, he's he's probably the most talented pitcher that South Carolina could have gotten uh, here late in, in the cycle. You know, obviously, you know some of these transfer portal guys have have more experience. They're uh, you know uh, older older. Uh, I mean, you've pitched college games before. Like, do you take Dominic Nyman or do you take Jake McCoy? Uh, I mean, McCoy's a much better pitcher. And, and you'll have them for longer, uh, much better upside, and you'll have them for longer. Nyman is somebody who who uh, has won a lot of games at the college level, so they're two completely different kinds of guys. But you know, Jake McCoy for three years is is going to be uh, is going to be great for the Gamecocks. Real quick, let me just interject this. We'll come back to it after we get done with John. But it, it does appear that um, some breaking news from college football: Jim Harbaugh will be suspended the first four games of the season due to false statements that he made. Uh, or <clears throat> to the NCAA uh, during an investigation of recruiting violations. Uh, by the way, those first four games, East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. So I think they'll be 4-0 when he returns, uh, but we'll come back to that here in just a little while. Yeah, uh, so Tough I've been a conference game too. I'm sorry, I had to say that. Yeah, wait, wait. <laughs> go, hey, go Pirates and Mike Houston, East Carolina, go up there and, 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 and pull a shocker. Um I've been asked about him a bunch. John, I've never seen the kid pitch at all. Obviously, you know him inside and out. I've only been able to reference some of the coaches that I know who have watched him pitch and recruited him. Um, He is – go back – can you go back a little bit? This is – we've got a couple of things going on here. One, um, it's very rare that that any school in the country – is able to sign two quality arms the way that South Carolina has done late in the process coming out of high school. The young man from the West Coast and, and this kid here. Uh, why did, Do you know why he chose Walford originally? Oh, you know, when, when he committed, that was about, you know, the kind of level he, he should be at. He, he was probably okay. a mid-major guy when, when he committed before his junior year of high school. Um, you know, and, and he's a smart kid, a, a really smart kid. And, you know, Walford obviously fit, fits that bill too. Uh, you know, North Carolina was one of the schools that, that um, was trying to get McCoy here, here at the end in, in this cycle. And the academic side of, of that was very intriguing for him, but, but yeah, um, you know, that's just kind of where he was at that time. And, and uh, you know, he's, he's much better now. Uh, and, and that's obviously, I mean, naturally in baseball, that, that can happen to guys. Um Number two, though, kind of expand on what I just mentioned a moment ago, how rare this is. We know how early recruiting starts. J.C., uh, we, we've talked to Coach Kingston publicly about this plenty. Uh, we've all probably talked to him privately about it as well, and the fact that these days you're recruiting kids, so you just, you have no idea where they're going to be in four or five years, but you got to do it. And here we are in the 11th hour to build the 24 roster. South Carolina gets two elite arms, one who is headed to Air Force, Joey Wittig, I think his name, John, you've talked about him on our program a lot and written about him. And now you get Jake McCoy, and they weren't even on the radar seemingly a month ago, and both of these young men are guys who are going to have a chance to really contribute. 
Right. And, you know, it, it doesn't happen very often. It happens occasionally. Uh, you know, Julian Bosnick was actually one that, that was similar. He was he was at Wake yeah. Forest and, and some things happened or he was a Wake Forest signee and some things happened there that, you know, kept him from being able to enroll there in South Carolina, ended up getting him, you know, very late in the process. So it happens occasionally, but not very often. And you might see a little bit more when when coaching changes happen, like like is the case here. And, and you know, there it's it's rare it's rare but south carolina's taking advantage of it twice here now this summer and you know you went from a, a 2023 recruiting class that was incredibly weak to to one that looks a whole lot better cuz between those two guys meaning Wittig and McCoy plus Eddie Copper and and Tyler Pitzer that's that's four like freshman guys who who could conceivably have a pretty major role this year and that's you know not not that's not real typical for for to, to have four freshmen come in and and be able to pitch and and I think all four of those guys can and then you know there's another guy out there named Javar Martin who's from Georgia Premier uh, a big lefty six five six six uh, right right in that range who's who's been up to ninety four miles an hour uh, he can't throw strikes right now but by golly if they can figure out how to get him to throw strikes between now and the end of next season he can be helpful for him next year too so. You've got four, maybe five guys who can come in and, and be a factor next year uh, on the mound in this high school recruiting class. Well, that, that, that seems to – there's a couple of guys like that, John. We'll, we'll put baseball to bed and, and shift over to the gridiron here uh, after this final quick question on it. But, I mean, they – overall, they also, by the way, have signed Michael Polk, a transfer from Georgia, and maybe you can give us a little bit more background. He's a, he's a guy who's got a chance to be really good. But overall, when you look at this tra- the transfer class, you, you, you just hit on the high school class. On the transfer class for South Carolina, when you put it all together, offensively, we, we know what they've gotten here. Now you bring in the guys that they're getting out uh, on the, from a staff standpoint. I don't know that it's fair to ask you necessarily to rate the transfer class, but do you feel like they address their needs? And do you feel like, as Coach Tanner used to say, they have at least somewhat reloaded for 2024 yeah I think so you know I, I would have liked to have seen them be able to add another starter caliber kind of guy um, you're you're a little bit thin from a starting pitcher standpoint starter innings standpoint you know I, I mean you feel good about a Becker and a Jones and 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 Roman Kimball coming off of injury you feel you feel really good about Ty Good uh, from College of Charleston um, McCoy is a guy who can who can throw starter type innings? Same with Eddie Copper and Tyler Pitzer, but you know those three guys are freshmen. I, I would have liked to have seen one more like starter, starter kind of guy who, you know, even if he ends up being a midweek starter, like it's it's still somebody who can go out and eat five or six innings. Um, that I think is the only thing that they didn't a- address. Um, maybe maybe as well as could have happened. Uh, but they, they do have a whole bunch of arms on that on that roster now, and it's uh, going to be a matter of kind of piecing it together a, a little bit and, and finding finding the right spots for guys. And, you know, may, maybe uh, Eddie Copper does come in and, and throw throw really well and, and can throw starter-type innings or, or, or pits, or, for example. But um, that's – that's kind of the only shortfall that I that I really see. You know, I think they've improved um, at most positions out there. Uh, I mean, shortstop is still a little bit of a question mark in terms of how who replaces Braylon Wimmer, but they didn't recruit a shortstop out of the portal, and they didn't try. 
So it's not like that they missed, it's they just didn't try. They feel good about uh, Will Tippett. They feel good about Lee Ellis, a freshman coming in and, in this class, um, and, and feel like one of those two guys are going to be able to, to handle that position. Uh, both are, are really solid defensively. Um, you know, Tippett has uh, a little bit – Tippett has a lot of upside uh, with, with the bat. You know, he, he showed a little bit of power. He, he was able to do some things, uh, especially later on in the year. Um, but, you know, shortstop is, is the question mark. But other than that, I, I feel really good about what that roster looks like. We'll be fair to the guys that are currently on the roster and those that are coming in playing summer baseball, and we'll get an update from you on them down the road once they've been able to more complete their summers and, and get kind of a full picture on what they achieve. We'll kind of ease you into some football here. John, who do you think the starting quarterback will be this year for South Carolina? <laughs> um, well, so much talk about Lenora Sellers. <laughs> you can rule him out. <laughs> but, no, I, of, of course, that. Of, of course, the the whole, I, I I'm excited to see Spencer this year and see how he progresses under under uh, under the new offensive coordinator over there, get, getting out of the Satterfield rain and and into the Dowell Loggins rain. So I'm 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 excited to see what that looks like for sure. John, we did a, a, a I decided to do some math yesterday, which was should have seen the smoke coming out of my ears, but I achieved my goal um, and. Um, between Mario Anderson, to carry on Joiner, Juju McDowell, Juice Wells, Amarian Brown, Xavier Leggett, Eddie Lewis, Trey Knox, and Josh Simon, it's kind of the core group going into the seasons. Certainly, maybe a name or two will emerge uh, that end up being better than all of them or right in the mix with the rest of them. Uh, but that's the group that they've. What's that? Did you put Nick Harbour in there or no? Well, no, I've got a point. Uh, okay. I'm getting there. Yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're all no, no, you're all good. Uh, b- between those guys, you have 35 years of collegiate experience. 35 coming into the season, um, and then you've got over 10,000 yards of total offense. Uh, you have 123 total touchdowns scored in that between that group. 195 SEC games played, 72 SEC starts, and 30 356 overall college football games played between that group. Of, uh, of 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 offensive weapons, um, I don't. We don't know how good the offense is going to be, but generally, John, when you got a bunch of guys who played a lot of ball, and you got a you got a quarterback who's played a lot of ball, uh, the learning curve is much much easier to get through or over than had they not played a lot. Yes. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, now- <laughs> no, no, I, just, I, I agree. With, I agree with you completely. I, I agree with you completely. That that helps out tremendously. To I mean, and you know, you mentioned to carry on Joyner. Like, I, I really, I, I'm I'm excited to see him at running back. And and you know, part of the reason is he's been asked to do everything on the field at some point during his his college career. Like he he knows what's going on. Like even even though he went through spring practices, you know, part running back, part wide receiver, part quarterback, and then kind of shifted the focus more over to that running back spot is as time went on and and now basically completely at that spot like he even though he's been been in that position a short time like he knows what to do he's always known what to do like your your point is is really a good one in that that when you've been around it like 
things offenses change, but they only change so much. Like the the concepts are are, are largely pretty similar. So it's, it's gonna it's, it's gonna be okay with with uh, coming in and, and and learning a new offensive system. They're gonna be fine. So uh, a ton of experience there. Uh, across the board offensively and even on the offensive line like that's obviously going to be a key to 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 the success of of what the offense can be this year but you know they've got a bunch of starts they've got a bunch of snaps um yeah. so you know they're at, to me that's that's what how that o-line performs is bigger than bigger question mark for me than than what happens at running back but um, but those guys have so much experience playing you you feel pretty good about them continuing to grow Specifically regarding Joiner, yeah. though, Whittle, JC credits you with, you know, saying that coming out of high school, running back might actually be his most natural kind of position, just from the way he looks, moves, plays. Um, and if I said that wrong, he's been saying it for months. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I think, you know, while we all kind of expect you know, to carry on to do great things wherever he is on the field, right? Um, could this really be kind of like a breakout year for him, like and his best showing at that position? I think so. And, and you know, J, JC's right. And, and, and part of the reason I thought that too was he's always had, you know, strong lower body and pa- powerful lower body, which I think is, is, is really important for a running back in, in my opinion. Um, so that's that's one of the big reasons I always kind of thought if it didn't work out at quarterback that that would be be a really good spot for him. Some want to put him on de- wanted to put him on defense too, and you know that would that would have been interesting. But certainly a, a guy with the ball in his hands who's been able to do some of the things he's he did in in high school at the time. Like you 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 want him on the offensive side of the ball. So um, you know I forget exactly what kind of what what question you ask, but, but I, I do, uh, I, I do, I, I, I do like him, him there and, and think that he can, he can certainly be somebody who is, Oh, and, and you just kind of, I, I remember now you talked about kind of a rejuvenating of, of his career offensively. And, you know, I, somebody threw out the name and, and uh, Paul Hornig was a, was a, was a quarterback in, in college ball and, and made the transition uh, when he got to the NFL. It's a totally different era of, of college, uh, college football and, and pro football. But, you know, that, that uh, he was a great, he was a great NFL running back after being a, a, a great college quarterback. So, you know, may, maybe that happens for him. May, maybe his career takes off at the running back position. I know that he's one of the, the, well, really the only guy, uh, um, minus perhaps Braswell, who can, you know, be, I don't want to say a force, but be competent in between the tackles. He, he's got the best chance of, of being a, a good between the tackles type of runner out of, out of a couple of the other older guys that, that Jamie listed off earlier. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see him give it a go. I, I think uh, August will be, really really unique when you watch that running back room john because none of them nothing is given to any of them at this point in time um including to carry on joiner who has done nothing but earn in his whole career as we well know but but all of them seemingly including dj braswell bring something a little bit different to the table and uh and so when they when they really get going i I think if there is a silver lining in any of this while i understand fans concern with the group of running backs that is at south carolina I get that. Like if Logan Diggs had committed, these conversations would be a little bit different, but he didn't. He's at LSU. 
with that said, the silver lining, as I was mentioning, is the fact that they're all going to have to kind of bring it every day. And the one who picks it up the earliest and who figures it out is, is at least as the season starts, going to be considered the bell cow. And you'll kind of go from there, right? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. If you want to look at it positively, that's the way to do it. Yeah, and, and you know, you might be right. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I, obviously you want a guy to step up and, and be the bell cow in the, in the preseason. I don't, I don't like calling it fall, fall practice because there's nothing fall it's about not. August in South Carolina's <laughs> preseason practice. No. Uh, but I, you, you would like to see, see that guy step up. I don't, I don't know that that's going to be the case. I, I feel like going into the season you're probably going to have a, a running back rotation with guys being – uh, asked to do different things, and you know maybe maybe based on production, you see some guy emerge to step up and take seventy five percent of the carries or, or or however much. But um, but but yeah, I mean I I, I do think it's going to be really interesting to see see how that competition plays out, and whether you are Mario Anderson or DJ Braswell or whoever you are, like you got to be licking your chops, knowing that that uh, everything that I could possibly want to have happen for me is in is a South Carolina football player playing in the SEC is is attainable because that that job is wide open and for for anybody to jump up and grab John on the by the way this is the last week without practice or game for for South Carolina football until we get to December which is which is pretty neat um flipping on the defense we're not going to get too far into this necessarily because they haven't started practice yet but flipping over on the defensive side we've already talked about the offensive line uh there's ta- there's talent there and there's experience there 41 career sec starts at least between jakai moore for sean lee tyshawn wanamaker and trey jones that that group there has 41 career sec starts um the defensive side of the football there's some experience up front as well but it also once again it it seems like this is such a unique year for both lines of scrimmage talent we know that but not necessarily – we don't really know where everybody's going to kind of fit in. I mean, there's been talks of moving guys inside out. There's been talks of this guy moving here and doing that and whatever it is. I guess really the question is how talented do we think that the rooms are and that that stuff will just sort itself out? Yeah, and that's that's a very fair question. And and uh, you have some guys on, on both lines of scrimmage who have been banged up and maybe not quite as good in playing while they're playing. Uh, so maybe we haven't seen them at their best at times, and maybe that makes us a little jaded a little bit on on how good they can be and what they are and that kind of thing. And then you've had guys who have who have just been completely out out injured, you know, basically their entire career. Like we talked about Jordan Strong, for example, on that defensive line and how good he was going to be last year, and you know he looked okay that first game, and and uh, but then got hurt game two, and you know he's just kind of been, I don't want to say forgotten about because he's a starting defensive end in the SEC, but, you know, we, we don't really know what he's going to look like, even though he's been in the program for a couple of years. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of it is going to be, uh, you know, fitting some guys into the right spot and finding out what combination works best, especially on the offensive line, but but some on the defensive line too because you got Tonka Hemingway who could who could play defensive end the entire time. He can play defensive tackle the entire time. I mean, he's going to go back and forth a little bit between both, but how that evolves over the course of the year based on what some of the backups do uh, is, is, is going to be kind of intriguing to me. I mean, does Elijah Davis come in and be really good? Does Nick Barrett come in and or, or does does Nick Barrett take kind of the next step and and what he's done in his development to where Taka can 
you know, be on the be on the edge edge more often. So, uh, does Desmond Umiazulu come in and and you know re, wreak havoc and you know let let Tonka be inside more? You know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how some of these pieces fit together. You know, you've got guys who have started back on both lines of scrimmage, but they've they uh, you know aren't necessarily entrenched in exactly what they're what they're going to do. They've had different roles, and finding them a consistent spot is is uh, you know going to be important this fall. Yeah, and, and really, by all means, a new coach as well on both sides. Juan yeah. Teasley full-time now, but right. Travian coming in as well. So, all right, so we'll leave on this note here. We talked to Hale about it yesterday. I, I, I don't know exactly how much you were able to watch from afar with SEC Media Days, John, but you are one of the pros uh, that covers uh, South Carolina, but just in general covers sports in this state. Um, you're a pro at it. You're really good. And – and and on a serious, there's some. It is funny, but it's not funny because I, I, I just want to make sure it doesn't lose its shine. And in watching it last week, I, I began to get a little concerned on Friday, um, because you know there's always going to be a couple of Joe Schmoes that show up and ask some ridiculous question, like the guy who told Lane Kiffin he was his long lost brother, and the doofus who asked Shane Beamer why he should be a head coach since he was an offensive defensive coordinator, three years after. Everybody else in the country asked the same question. He gave a great answer, though. He did. Well, it was a phenomenal answer. answer. It was an absolute – and you wrote a column on it. It was a brilliant answer, and and he – well done. Hats Mm -hmm. off to Shane. He's figured this out. But, yes, dumb questions at SEC Media Days tend to go hand in hand. They do, and then you get to the voting. And, John, I I, I just – I know what they're doing. They want this to be an event. Okay, bravo. That's cool. I'm good with that. Um, they want it to be a fan event. They want to credential more and more. Okay, I'm I'm good with all of that too. Vanderbilt receiving eight votes to win the five votes to win the league. Um, Nikki Memori not even showing up on a preseason. And the guy was an All American last year. He's not preseason All League. It's hard for me to figure out. I I just wonder if the SEC maybe probably needs to kind of internally review what they're going to do here moving forward because. You don't want this to turn into some laughing stock. They've done a nice job of making it the talk, the talk of July, when there's nothing to talk about in July. But what you don't want is people to start tuning out because it turns into some circus. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, and it, you know, started a, uh, a a while back when Tim Tebow was was asked about, uh, you know, the <laughs> whether he was a virgin or not. I mean, it started a really long time ago. And, you know, is questions. I don't know that we have, have uh, sunk that low, uh, but, you know, certainly Vanderbilt getting getting votes to win the win the SEC championship. You know, that 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 makes us as a group look pretty stupid. So, you know, I just I, I don't know what can be done about it. You know, preseason coaches polls seem better um, to, to me than the media polls. But at the same time, like. I would like for there to be a, a media media vote in preseason and other sports, uh, and, and there's not. It's just it's coaches' stuff. So, you know, I, I don't know what the what the right answer for that is. Maybe I know typically when there are big events held, and I thought SEC Media Days was was included in this, but definitely for the for the conference championships, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, what what have you. Uh, sports information departments are given a list of the media that have applied from your school and you're told to either approve them or not approve them. 
you know, maybe something like that can happen for, for SEC media days, but at least when it comes to voting privileges or, you know, I, I know with basketball, there's, there's, uh, there's certainly uh, a limited number who are about, who are allowed to vote. And maybe that's the right answer, but you know, it, at the end of the day, it just looks stupid. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't really like it. It probably doesn't, it probably doesn't hurt much. You know, I don't think that, that those votes, uh, you know, swayed swayed any kind of final projections or anything like that, but but it just kind of looks silly. I'm with you, and and I, I and I agree with that. I actually talked to to Gunner about this yesterday morning, and the fact Gunner actually made an interesting point. He said, if you if you really have a question that you want to ask a coach, the the main ballroom isn't necessarily the place right. to ask it. You know, um, and and I don't know that I disagree with him on that at all. I, I and I'm all for my gut tells me, John, that there was probably a bunch of student credential media for Vanderbilt, and they all decided, well, you know what, the doors, we're just going to give them a vote, um, something silly like that. And I'm all for people. It's a networking event. Um, you know, we, we look forward to being there one day. But you know, take it seriously. And if you can't, then yeah, you need to put up some guardrails as to. Uh, what the rest of the country is going to see because, you know, they probably think that Paul Feinbaum or somebody ridiculous like that has selected Vanderbilt as this year's conference champion, which um, is not true. All right. I votes on the big com yesterday, and I did not have Vanderbilt winning uh, anything. I thought yours were very fair. Yeah. Well, and, and you know what? Hey, maybe that's what you, something you do, John. You know, hey, look, if you get a vote, you have to publicly reveal them. If you want, if you're not, if you don't want to do that, then you don't get a vote. I don't know. What do I? I like the transparency. Mean? I think that would, you know, back a lot of people off of just, you know. Greg never asked me. Yeah. No, <laughs> he doesn't care about what we. Nah, think. nah. But I, I bet you he cares about being in Charlotte for that first one, uh, North Carolina and South Carolina, and uh, maybe John, Darius Rucker, and Eric Church co-guest pickers. We're going to start a. Uh, we're going to start tweeting that out. So follow, fall in line, okay? I, I figured that, that you guys are, have reached a status now to, to where y'all might be guest pickers. Maybe Phil, Mad Dog Monax. Oh, he might be able yeah. to square him into Yeah, I don't know if McAfee and Zigo and my ego could, could exist in the same space like that. I don't, I don't know that they're going to want JC up there after spending Friday night in Charlotte. He, he, he'd probably look a little rough on that. <laughs> we all agree on that. John, what's, uh, what are we looking for the rest of the week on the Big Spur from you? Well, you just told me a few minutes ago that football starts next week, so I'm going to go take a nap and take the rest of the week off. So I, I, I don't have a clue. I'll just go there and figure it out. Um, and, and I guess since I got football starting next week, I, I got to rest up and be ready to roll. I could, I could give you this if you want to write a column on the old men of offense at South Carolina. That's right. Uh, perhaps maybe we'll do that no but the uh the the birdies with beamer event uh, uh media golf tournament is, is tomorrow and, and we'll have the opportunity oh. to to speak with shane and all the assistant coaches out there and and some support staff members who who will be around so uh i have a feeling that there's going to be a uh a, a lot of football content on the big spur beginning tomorrow and and really going forward I uh, played golf right behind Shane last week, and uh, I was supposed to be there tomorrow, but my kids have doctor's appointments, so I'm not playing. And I asked him, I said, who's the, who's the best one out there? And he said, what do you mean, on, on staff? Or I said, no, I, don't, I, know, I know there's some guys on staff who can play. I know who those guys are. Is there a media member who can play? He goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> oh, no, no. 
Oh, okay. All right. Well, well, just, just get one of the neighbors to to take the kids to their doctor's appointments, and you come on up for the yeah. for the tournament tomorrow. You can well, that's, what me, that's what made me feel good. I was like, damn, if I was playing, I, I'd be able to show up right. all these guys. And but maybe maybe we'll hey, Rick Rick Henry is is the go to guy. Rick Rick, Hen- Rick Henry is is the uh, is the man in the media to to, to look after. Has has I haven't seen anything from Coach Fink. Has he sent out the group yet? Who are you, do you know who you're playing with? He ha- he hasn't sent out anything yet. I'm for all I know is is I mean I I guess it's still happening tomorrow. We haven't heard a darn thing in a month. I haven't seen anything. <laughs> I, I, you never know. Thank you, John. We uh, we appreciate it. Uh, I know you've had a long summer. You do an amazing job. You you should know that by now. And I'm speaking for everybody when I say that. And uh, we look forward to getting you on next week as we get ready to crank up preseason practice Ab, there you go good work there appreciate you guys having me see you buddy there you go john, Thanks, john riddle the best of the best of the best with the big spur.com we have no idea where jc went but we wish him all the best as well all right well, he, said uh, he had we, an appearance but he left 30 minutes prior to, <laughs> to that start time <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe maybe he saw the news i sent y'all and he, he was so excited he had to get off and start drinking i don't know I don't know. Could, it's a good, could it's be. A, hey, something to celebrate. That's for damn sure. All right. Let's hit a timeout. Uh, we are live always from the Sinorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. We'll be right back. Hey, Gamecock fans. It's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show Garnet and Black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox. You heard Evan Stone Gamecock fans 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream, and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned, Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go game 
program, you know, like Carolina Rise. I mean, I, I can't stress enough how how important it is to get involved with these with, with these programs because that goes straight to our student athletes. It goes straight to recruiting. It it helps tremendously on multiple levels. And I know that it, it's one of those things you sometimes don't necessarily get to see it or feel it right away, but you will feel it in a negative way if you're not involved on the front end. Carolina Rise has been a huge impact in our program. Um, if you don't have good players, you don't compete, bottom line. And these days, as you mentioned, the 11.7 scholarships uh, is not near enough for what baseball players deserve. We have 35 players, um, yep. only 27 of which can get scholarships. And we have 11.7 scholarships to divide up among those 27 guys. So you're, you're talking about the average player on our team is paying half a scholarship or half half his way to come here. Um, it's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. And, you know, the NIL uh, market has allowed us to help kids afford to come here. It's helped kids to want to stay here. Now, there are guys on our team that would not be here probably without the NIL. And Carolina Rise has been a huge part of that. Um, you look at, we had three draft picks last year that decided to come back to South Carolina I don't know that that happens without the NIM. We appreciate Carolina Rise very much and everybody that's helping to facilitate that and, and help our players uh, is a big part of what we're doing now and what we'll do moving forward. Now, I can tell you, too, that J.C. and uh, Carolina Rise, uh, that includes many of us who are not, of course, directly running Carolina Rise, but uh, have been really, really, really working hard on some things for Gamecock Athletics and um, and all of you who continue to support Carolina Rise. Just know this, it has made a difference, a big difference, uh, and there are major, major major things coming down the road uh, for Carolina Rise as well. Uh, with football soon, you will know about all of it. Um, and all, all of it in general. You know, hats off to anybody out there that is trying to help uh, Gamecock athletes through their uh, collectives and, and, and those type of things. At the end of the day, it is not about you. It ain't about Garnet Trust. It ain't about Carolina Rise. It's about the athletes. Um, those who want to stick their face in the middle of it, make it about themselves. It's not about them. It's about the athletes. So, uh, and it's about the people that donate the money to help the athletes. So, uh, really uh, appreciate everybody who has done that through the outlets that are available to do it. And uh, hopefully, it makes it a better Carolina down the road. It's one twelve. We're going to one thirty today uh, because Shane Beamer joined JC and Morgan this morning. JC and Mike had him on for about, I don't know, maybe almost 45 minutes. It was a good interview. And um, mm -hmm. if you missed that, make sure you go out and check it out. It was streamed live on all of our channels this morning as well. And we uh, look forward to having more of that down the road and in the future. Um, a couple, a couple of uh, 
couple of things. Uh, the, the guest picker will be interesting, by the way. So looking forward to that. Um, so they haven't named it yet, right? No, no, no. Yeah, no, right. no they won't. Okay. There, there is. There's going to be a lot going on up there. If you haven't already gotten your tickets, uh, go ahead and do it because uh, so the Charlotte Gamecock Club does a great job. Hats off to them. Uh, they always have a wonderful. Every time South Carolina has played in Charlotte, if you've been to the games, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, uh, then and you go this year, you'll experience it for the first time. Um, they always do a wonderful event on the Friday night before the Gamecocks play somewhere. Um, I'm not sure where it's going to be this year. I've heard a couple of things, but certainly don't want to say anything. It's none of my. It's not my uh, place to do so. So they'll announce all that soon. And then on game day, there will be a. Um, a, a tailgate uh, for Carolina Rise members and the Big Spur and so on and so forth right outside of the ballpark. And uh, you will you will really enjoy what is being put together. Those details should be forthcoming. I'm going to say within a couple of weeks at the latest, but more than likely a little bit before that. And um, we really look forward to meeting all of you. Uh, there will be a bunch of people there that you'll recognize. So that should be fun. And um, so if you can get up to Charlotte, uh, make sure that you, if you can go on Friday night and just kick off the football season, do it. But uh, make sure you get there early enough on Saturday to at least enjoy a bunch of your, uh, I don't know, what you want to call them, friends and family at the at the big tailgate outside of the stadium. And uh, it is so interesting. <laughs> Every time they play, Phil, you get the same thing from ESPN. Who's the real Carolina? Real Carolina. Jesus, I knock know. it off. It's like, you know, hey. like, geez, Louise. We How many are. times are we going to have to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many times are we going to go through this? You mean, know, these, man, y'all hard you know? of hearing or what? <laughs> I mean, you know, go look at the last 20 years plus record. Of uh, South Carolina versus the state of North Carolina, you might as well just combine it into one state. Um, now, I love uh, what Mike said on JC and Morgan earlier today. He was like, North Carolina is just, you know, going to try to go back out there and again prove to everybody that they're not really soft. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like, yeah, it, well, that's pretty much it. It is the narrative, obviously. You know, it's 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 kind of been there. I mean, that was their narrative last year. It was the narrative. Now, look, the Tar Heels did beat South Carolina to open the season back in 2019. But um, but uh, Carolina's won eight of the last 11 games. What's, what's wild, though, that goes back to 1981. Mm-hmm. And obviously, once we start steamrolling ourselves towards this game, a lot of the game nuggets will be coming out. But going back to 1981, it it really is is amazing that they have only played eleven times. I mean, it, it almost doesn't make sense. You know, you're talking about forty plus years, and they played eleven times. They played four times in the eighties. Uh, they've only played twice in the '90s, and since then they've they've played five. Uh, and Carolina's won four of those five since 2007, when Chris Smelly in South Carolina went up to Chapel Hill and won that game. Um, so, you know, it's 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 amazing. I I don't. You ask this question, and I and I think you get a fifty fifty split every time you ask it. Should 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 they play every year? Well, I say no. Um, yeah, no, I'd rotate through it. I like having a power five opponent there, though. I did too. I and did I wouldn't too. want to see just, you know, a, a group of five team come in there or, you know, an even lesser team than that. But yeah, I like, yeah, yeah. 
I like having two power five teams. I like having two non power five teams in the in the non con. Yep. Yeah, I do too. And and you know, it's North Carolina is <laughs> this game being in Charlotte is what makes it even more intriguing. Quite frankly, I I, I don't. If this game was being played uh, in Columbia, I'm not sure that there would be as um, I, I well, I know the line wouldn't say what it says. Uh, no. At all, yeah. actually, you know, I, I mean, does anybody remember how North Carolina finished the season last year? You know, yeah, I watched it for a month. One of the TVs at work is stuck on the ACC network, so it keeps oh, showing <laughs> that championship game, which ACC Media Days is ongoing right now. You know, but but they lose. You know, they lost four games to end the season last year. Now, granted, three of those games were by four points or less. I understand that, but. Drake May is the only thing, the only thing, yeah. That those whom are giving them expectations are hitching their wa- hitching their wagon too. Um, and this goes back to something that we have talked about a, a lot, but I, I've only referenced referenced this. I've only excuse me discussed this in reference to other SEC QBs. Uh, now, some of this has changed because last week the SEC network, I think there was some authentic, some authentic discussion in there about Gamecock football with Spencer Rattler leading them. But up until that point, there, there really – it was still, well, we just don't know what we're going to get out of Spencer Rattler. Not like he's turned the page or he's done this, that, the other. None of that. You know what I'm saying? You know you, – you, well, it's the same narrative that we're, we were getting coming out of, you know, or coming into last year. Yeah, right. he's shown flashes of brilliance, but uh, right. there's always that but. And it's like, well, I mean, listen, all quarter makes all quarterbacks make questionable decisions under duress in games. I don't uh-huh. care who you are, <laughs> you know, That's right. especially yep. at the college level. So it's like to, to have that hanging over his head. When, quite frankly, he's been hamstrung these past two years by an offensive system that was so complex it, it you know, had freaking blueprints. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's unfair to criticize him continually for the same thing. Um, when you've got a guy in there who seems to be saying the right things ahead of, you know, ahead of the season to alleviate some of that side of it. Now, Spencer obviously still needs to, you know, settle in, make good decisions. But for that to always be brought up, especially, I mean, because because there are people who just, you know, are chomping at the bit every time somebody's like, did you see what he did against Tennessee? And, you know, did you see what he did against Clemson? And everybody's like, well, you know, did you see the previous 10 games? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, well, he didn't play poorly in all 10 of those games. <laughs> Stop constructing a narrative to to make it look like, you know, he was. And that is exactly where I'm going. (laughs) Because anybody pay attention, and I'm not, look, you got to understand my argument here. I'm not arguing that Drake May isn't good. That's not what I'm saying. I think he's fantastic. What I'm saying is the national narrative, has been that Drake May 
is the greatest quarterback we've seen since name your greatest quarterback. And that Spencer Rattler, well, I just don't know which quarterback we're going to see. Okay, well, which quarterback are we going to see from Drake May? Because the last time that I saw – actually, I'm sorry, let me back up. The last four times that I saw Drake May, he couldn't p- complete over about 55% of his passes. He never threw for over 300 yards, and he threw a whopping four combined touchdowns in the last four games that he played to go with four interceptions and took 14 sacks. Oh, well, that's what it was. Their offensive line was bad. Oh, it was? So, So what you're telling me is that – all things created equal. Carolina, Spencer had a better situation. Bull crap. And that's what I'm getting at here. Like, here we are, and the whole country is Drake May is the, oh, Heisman candidate, this, that, and the other. Spencer Rattler can't get even, even get on one of the first four All-SEC teams. What does that say about the leagues? Does the rest of the ACC suck? Probably. But also, what does it say about the narrative, which is what you were just discussing? Oh, well, you know what? But they just hired Chip Lindsey. Wonderful. They hired Chip Lindsey. You mean the guy who's been at like seven different schools in the last seven years as an offensive coordinator? You mean that guy who nobody wants him after another year? He just played for Phil Longo, who's the greatest (laughs) offensive coordinator to ever walk God's green earth in Chapel Hill. One of the hottest got, names out there, right? The yeah. guy couldn't throw for 250 yards in his last four games, and yet we're coming into the season, and all of those who think they know everything about everything only want to talk about Drake May. Well, let me go back and look at Drake May. Oh, man, he threw for 352 against App. All right. He had a pretty good game there against Notre Dame. He had a hell of a game. I remember that game very well. They got beat by 13 points, I might add. Um Let's see. Threw for 360 against Virginia Tech. They were terrible. 309 at Miami. Awful. 380 at Duke. They were okay. They were respectable. That was a great game. Oh, Pitt. There you go. Virginia. Mm-hmm. Man. Woo. Wake Forest didn't play defense. And then Georgia Tech, NC State, Clemson, and Oregon. Clemson and Oregon. Uh, 44 completions on 77 attempts, three touchdowns, two picks, and about a 54% completion rate. So the two best teams that they played, actually the only two teams they legitimately played all year, the guy, he wasn't good. So I'm just saying, I'm not saying that he's going to be bad. I don't think he's going to be bad. I think he's going to have an excellent year. This is more of a defensive Spencer Rattler. They've both changed coordinators, and they've both had ups and downs in their career. Why is it coming into the year one of them is only up and the other one was we'll wait and see? I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't get it. No, because one of them looks like the physical specimen of what's going, you know, what the next level is looking for in a quarterback, and the other one is, you know, Spencer Rettler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and they've been – I think the fact that – you know, it's like JC was saying the other day. I mean, my man had – you know, he was, he was a, a public figure even in his youth, right? And people started judging him at that point. But then you come in here and he has that really great season with Oklahoma, and then next thing you know, the narrative is, oh, he got benched. He got benched for the guy – who won a freaking Heisman Trophy <laughs> eventually and is, you know, the odds-on favorite to do it again and is the early pick to be the number one draft pick in the NFL going into next season. Yeah, We don't we don't look at that side of it. It's just all we hear is, well, he got benched. <laughs> so, you know, and then and, and then you get the, the Satterfield experiment, and I don't really understand it. It, it doesn't make any sense, but because – May looks the part. 
they give him the benefit of the doubt. Yep, exactly. And you know what? To be honest with you, I hope they continue to do it. Let him. That's right. I mean, you know, keep saying it. Let you know, he was sacked 40 times last year. And um, and obviously, South Carolina is aware of that. You know, North Carolina feels like they're pretty good up front. But I hope they continue to say it. So those of you, and I know they're expensive, but if you can do it, buy your tickets and, and make sure that you're there uh, on Saturday, September the 2nd. I know they're not cheap. I, I get it. I understand that. And it's a lot easier to not be sitting out there sweating all of all day on the opening day of college football. But um, I, I, I just, I have been, I have been baffled. I almost feel like, and I'm not, I'm not like a really a fan club guy. I never have been, um, but I've seen every quarterback that's played at this school for the last 30 plus years. And none of them have what this guy has. None of them. It's not even close. Not my friend, Steven Garcia or Blake Mitchell or, or Perry or Chris Smelly or any of the guys, you know, Anthony Wright, Steve Tenney. I know all these guys. Call them all friends. You know, great, great people. They'll all tell you to your face. Yeah, I don't have what he had. Oh, this guy's unbelievable what he can do. And yet, but nobody. Now, now, had they hired Garrett Riley to run the offense, it'd be a whole, you know, this whole shebang. But they didn't hire Garrett Riley. And, um, you know, Shane Beamer uh, very eloquently, but also sternly months ago said, anybody know who Spencer played for at Oklahoma? I wasn't doing that. Period. Yeah. Okay. I did what was best for this program, and they feel like they're in a pretty good spot uh, heading into uh, BRC. You're in BRC. I tell you what, I uh, I don't credential myself for games, just so you know. So I I oh, like. No, to, why would you do that? No. <laughs> um, oh nope, I'm in one thirty seven BRC. I'm in one thirty seven. So uh, anyways. But but with all that said, uh, the good news with uh, and Quantrill says people don't like Spencer JB and a lot of it is unfounded. They watch a Netflix show, and make it something. I agree with that. I, I totally agree yeah. with that. That's a that's that's the that's that's the nature of the beast. And hey, look, you know, last year there was so much attention going on him. Uh, there was so much attention on him last year, going into the year. It did not really start well. The offense was just not good. It was decent in spurts and he had some remarkable plays here and there and then Florida happened and everybody thought this whole sh- charade was a was a joke and then you know the rest of it happened you know the, the media does talk about that you know they do knowledge it, it, what happened in those last couple of games but um but again it's still always just question 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 oh, Dr- oh did you say Drake May oh yeah I got Heisman Trophy yeah. number one pick in the draft yeah oh yeah so it's it's just amazing how it's all going to go. With that said, the silver lining, college game day coming to town. This will be the talked about game beginning literally next week. It's going to be nonstop, four straight weeks. That's what people are going to talk about is Carolina and North Carolina. Carolina and North Carolina. You notice how I said that. And um, it sure is going to be fun. You're you're very welcome, Meredith. Always repping the Keller Enterprise. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, what's up? Hey, Mir. Yeah. Oh. Look at the show here a little bit, JP. Got some 
Yeah. Put in a lot of hours yesterday <laughs> working on some stuff for JC and Mike, and I was like, well, this will translate right on over into... Yeah, so that's the good thing about this, is it all just goes right on through. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. Jim Harbaugh suspended, more than likely, it's not official, but it seems to be headed that way for the first four games of the season. We'll try to mix some of that in tomorrow. It is a huge, huge ordeal for Michigan as mighty East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers lead off their 2023 football schedule. Can't believe the NCAA was so harsh as to penalize them a conference game. They literally don't play anybody until they play Penn State. Uh, no, that's not true. When they go to Mich- Michigan State, that game. I mean, Michigan State may give them, yeah. You never know. You just never know. They've been picked to win the league, but, I mean, come on. East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana. I'll tell you the game that's going to give them a fits. Not that anybody cares to finish inside the Gamecocks with this, but hear me out. The final three weeks of the year at Penn State, at Maryland versus Ohio State. You think anybody's going to be thinking or looking to that Maryland game between trips to the Happy Valley and hosting a Ohio State? game, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Look, that ought to get Loxley a couple of months in the offseason of some uh, recruiting momentum that he'll have, eventually lose because I'll that's to, what they do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll have to go knock on Coach Fridge's door and ask yeah. him, uh, Coach, what do you think about that game falling there? See what, see what he has to say about it. Because that's, that's something. All right, tomorrow is Wednesday. We actually may have Mike Morgan as a part of our programming tomorrow. If not, he'll be in on Thursday. And uh, we will continue to fill up the guest list with football season right around the corner. For I don't know where the hell he went, but J.C., <laughs> Thanks to John Whittle. Thanks to all of you who watched J.C. and Morgan earlier, too, with Coach Beamer. If you missed it, go back and check it out. And always thanks to Phil. This is Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We are built by the Barndo Co. We are teed up by Traveling Country Club, and we can't wait to see you tomorrow at 11.